Due to its length, tonight's discussion with Christian McLeod was divided into two parts. This is part B. The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. We've got a great show lined up for you tonight. We've got Christian McLeod. Sometimes we have returning guests, and that would be true of Christian. However, the thing that makes Christian unique is he was on just two nights ago. He did a uh, a last-minute fill-in for me because the guest that was scheduled that night had a a last-minute emergency, couldn't do the show. There are a couple things I want to uh, mention quickly because there's some things in the news that uh, need to be addressed. And, you know, we don't get into this stuff too often, but sometimes it's just... It's too obvious to ignore. You know, we're watching what's going on in Minneapolis. Now, first of all, I will say something uh, that clearly the video that we saw of the man on the ground, handcuffed with a police officer's knee on his neck, he ended up dying. Clearly, there's an issue there that needs to be addressed. Justice needs to be served. There needs to be a complete investigation Maybe some people know. I haven't seen any reports to determine why that officer felt that was necessary. It seems as though he was just doing it. But um, we haven't we haven't heard that whole story. But regardless, this thing needs to be investigated and it needs to be resolved and prosecuted if necessary, which at this point, first glance, sure seems like it needs to be prosecuted. However, that none of this excuses people burning down businesses breaking into businesses and stealing everything that is not bolted down setting cars on fire that is just an unruly mob who's looking for an excuse to be criminals and try to get away with it protest absolutely march in the streets hold signs yell at the police if you want to don't throw things at them Don't break windows. Don't walk out with pallets full of large screen televisions. That's not protesting. It's disgusting is what that is. I don't know if my few words on the topic here tonight are going to do anything to change anything. They probably won't. But man, I know there are cooler heads in the world. And I know all of those cooler heads are looking at this saying, what the the hell is going on? And not only that, but it seems as though this type of behavior has now become expected. How many times have we seen this in the last 20 years? It was rare when we'd ever see it. Now it seems to be the natural reaction. If the crowd doesn't like, the mob doesn't like what's happening, they uh, they become lawless and they become uh, destructive and they become criminal. Anyway, my two cents on that topic. I also want to mention, mention something about another topic that's in the news. Uh, you know, President Trump announced today, Uh, that he was signing an executive order that was going to, and I'm not even sure, I haven't even looked into it specifically, but he was going to uh, basically strike back at social media. And people are claiming and and shouting about the fact this is a, a, uh, an affront to free speech, which I, I agree there is some of that to it. But here's the problem with social media. And when I, when I talk about social media, I'm not just talking about Twitter, Facebook, But I'm also including YouTube and Google as a search engine. Those uh, giant tech companies have put regular media, whether it's radio, whether it's television, mostly newspapers, out of business, completely gone. 
all of those regular media outlets, because they were owned by many diverse groups, because they were run by many diverse people, because they had reporters all working for them that were of different uh, backgrounds, you got a balanced approach. And if you didn't like one newspaper, you could go to another. If you didn't like one uh, channel, you could go to another. If you didn't like one radio station, you can go to another. But suddenly, all of the power has been uh, concentrated in uh, basically a handful of companies, Google being the biggest. You do you type something in search, you're depending upon Google to give you what information they think is appropriate, whatever their algorithm rhythms decide you should see. So I don't know if the approach here should be attacking uh, social media per se, but I have said for a long time there needs to be some antitrust. We need to start looking at these companies and saying you've got too much power, you've got too much control, and it needs to be broken up. They did it to AT&T when AT&T controlled all of the phone systems. And that wasn't even really a restriction of information. That was just because they had a monopoly in telephones. I mean, it's been done before. We have to look at this. This has to be examined and explored. If we are going to rely on these three or four companies to provide all of our information, which is where we're headed, then either they have to be monitored by an organization like the FCC, which monitors radio and TV, or they've got to be broken up into uh, uh, smaller, not-so-powerful companies. I don't know. Again, this is just my two cents, and I'm, I'm frustrated by this whole thing because I know. I mean, for this show alone, if we talk about coronavirus, and we've had some good discussions about coronavirus, we get flagged by YouTube. If we talk about... Flat Earth, I don't necessarily believe in that, but we have people that come on the show that do. We get flagged by YouTube, and people have, a tr- have trouble finding those videos, and we're considered to be unsuitable. Well, who says? If somebody wants to protest what their governor is doing in their state, why is it up to Facebook to determine that's not appropriate, that's misinformation? That doesn't seem right. Are they saying that about these protests in Minneapolis? I doubt it. And they're far more destructive than anything people in Michigan were doing or in other places. If two doctors who are very well educated and versed in the uh, topic, happens to be uh, coronavirus, want to get on YouTube and talk about, hey, maybe we've overreacted here. Maybe we can control this without shutting everything down. Why should YouTube pull that video down? Why can't that opinion be heard? Anyway, so we've got to we got to look at this very carefully and cautiously without Im, uh, impugning free speech. Because honestly, my biggest problem with these social media companies is that's what they're doing. They are the ones that are restricting free speech if the opinions don't agree with them. So I've had two issues that I had to jump on the soapbox for tonight and talk about. So I hope you don't mind that I did that, but I had to get it off my chest. I'm actually thinking about doing a a separate show to talk about these types of issues. So I don't bore you folks who come here to to, uh, hear uh, things like uh, ghosts and Bigfoot and UFOs. But either way, um, it makes me feel better when I get it off my chest. So we've got Christian McLeod coming on the program in just a few minutes. I want you to make sure that you go to uh, YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's JV Johnson's Beyond Paranormal. If you search for my name, JV Johnson, you'll find it pretty easily. Also, Twitch has become a great platform for us, particularly for our weekend shows. That's really what it's going to be uh, used for primarily. We will stream 
our weekday shows there as well. But it'll be the weekend shows where we have a real focus on the Twitch channel, especially Saturday. Just so you know, when we from this point on, we do Saturday night shows. They will not be on YouTube. They will only be on Twitch. Friday night shows, we'll continue to do both for a short period, and then we'll switch it to just, just Twitch. But either way, uh, Twitch channel is just JV Johnson as well. Please find that and follow it. If you are a subscriber to the Twitch channel, I know we've had a few people drop off. It's because when you use your Amazon Prime account to subscribe, which allows you to subscribe for free, you have to renew it every month. You've got to jump back in and do it each month. Otherwise, it just expires automatically. So uh, we appreciate the subscriptions, we appreciate the follows, and we appreciate the comments in the chat room. So anyway, I've said a lot here in the first part of the show. I don't usually take this much time. We're going to go to break, and when we come back, we'll bring our first, well, our only guest of the night in, Christian McLeod. We're going to talk about all things paranormal tonight on Beyond Reality. Looking for our guest's book? Go to Amazon.com slash shop slash JVJTaps. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Thanks for joining us on YouTube, Twitch, or wherever you happen to be listening. If it's part of the podcast Uh, which uh, would be the day after the live show, obviously. Or if you're uh, watching a YouTube video uh, down the road, too, it doesn't matter. We just appreciate you being part of the program and supporting what we're doing here. Um, Speaking of that, if you'd subscribe to the YouTube channel, we'd appreciate it. Just go to YouTube and search for J.V. Johnson. That's our basically our online hub. That's our digital hub, if you will. Uh, Twitch is a new platform for us, and we're going to start using that primarily for our weekend programming, which gets a little different than what we do here during the week. Christian, you've done a lot of things as it relates to researching and studying paranormal phenomena. Do you have a favorite? I mean, it seems to me cryptid seems to be your favorite, but uh, am I right in assuming that? Oh, no, you're right. I'm, I'm definitely, you know, I was, I, I, again, you know, I, I can't, Bigfoot's definitely my favorite. You know, I'm, I, I don't want to call myself an authority on anything, but I think I've probably done more research uh, on the dogman than anyone in my area, uh-huh. um, and simply because I've been doing that probably for the last at least 12 years. Uh, even before I had my encounter, I did research. And that's why I never thought it was real, JV. Yeah. I'm like, how is this? You know, I, I'd see, like, the comparison made to the, you know, like Anubis or the Egyptian folklore, things like that. And I'm thinking, how is a werewolf walking around here and no one's ever taken report or seen it, and now it's just starting to get popular you know, is it is it mass hysteria? Is it miscommunication? Is it you know, uh, someone seeing something that they're not seeing? Is it a shadow? You know, but um, I just think that the population's increasing, and you know, they're they're being seen more. But I'm I'm definitely a at heart a Bigfoot guy. What about uh, but, what about uh, photographic evidence of Dogman? I have not seen anything that gives even remotely uh, convincing. I, I, in fact, I'm trying to think of if I've seen anything even claiming to be a photograph of a Dogman, um, other than maybe just a blob in the distance. Have you seen anything I've, that impresses you? I've got a few you? on my website, but the truth of the matter is, uh, I have not been able to personally get one. Um, you know, you, you ever heard the term blob squatch? Yes, you know, where mm-hmm. sure. You get a, I get Dogman blobs. Um, yeah. It is just hard to take pictures. They keep their distance. Um, I had a second sighting, uh, my team and I did, 
uh, about two years ago in this one area we were researching. And it's funny, you know how you were talking earlier about how, like, there's a Bigfoot sighting and there's a UFO sighting yeah. and then there's, like, a Dogman sighting sure. and there's a paranormal activity sighting? The only time we had ever had such a strange occurrence was in this one place we were researching. And we went there. That's that's where we found these massive tracks. We got growled at. Uh, we found um, someone had made hunting blinds out of sticks and trees and woven them together. Uh, we found a kill site, and we found some, you know, remains of some animals. Um, and we're documenting all this. Uh, we we got uh, growled at, and we decided to leave. So we went to a different area, and we're just walking minding our own business, uh, actually heading back to the cars. And I looked up, and out of the canopy in the trees, I see this probably 30, 35-foot perfect circle in the middle of nowhere, in the canopy of the trees. What do you mean a and perfect went, circle? What was it, what it was, was a perfect circle. What was like making the circle? circle had been cut out oh, of I the see. trees. Okay. And okay. as we're uh, getting closer, you can see that everything was basically – dead it was singed hmm. so whatever had come down there was like a 30-foot fireball or something like that and landed and it was a perfect all the way up and down it was just like this whole section of force had just been boom it was a circle something had landed there now being a paranormal investigator there's a few things i always carry with me on anything uh and they're in my gear bag wherever i go i always carry a geiger counter and i always carry a uh, natural field em one meter and just for, you know, curiosity, I took it out, and we were starting to get uh, – uh, are you familiar with the sum setting on a uh, natural field meter? Yep. Kind of what you do. It's just a natural. We were starting to get two and three just on everything. But I don't know how to explain. All the wood that had been left was almost gray. So I took out Geiger counter, and sure enough, we were getting, you know – uh, 1.5, maybe th th there was. We were getting just readings. They were very slight, but they were still getting them. And we just thought that was the weirdest thing we'd ever seen. And then it occurred to me that it. And again, this is just my thought and my team's thought. I, I was thinking myself, this had to be a UFO. It had to have been a UFO. Yeah. Nothing else just comes up. Lance, the branches were gone. I mean, everything was just burnt. It looked like something was just burnt, and something took off and landed just just in that area. And uh, what was left? Have you ever seen pictures of Chernobyl when, like, they, they show the trees and everything after yeah. after all that, and mm -hmm. they got that gray look? They don't even look like they're anything like they're just like kind of void of color and any kind of life. That's what everything looked like, and uh, that whole area was just like a perfect thirty foot circle, and that's and it was just one of those weird things because we had just had that encounter. And then we ran into this. I mean, this this and is all not, the way back. Uh, we're is, pretty sure we've been followed by a dogman. Yeah, so, this, I mean, it was just. This is not Weird. uncommon for these various no. phenomena to converge in an area and for people to have multiple experiences within a very short period of time. And that had never happened to us before. And like you said, JV, when people say stuff like that, I tend to think they're full of it. But that that had happened to us. Um, we did not see uh, you know any kind of extraterrestrials or vehicles or anything like that. But in my mind, I just can't think of anything else that could have done that. Yeah, I mean, it was just. It was like a perfect in the middle of nowhere too. That's the other thing. That, that makes a lot yeah. of that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, talk to me a little bit more about ghosts. I want to know what you think ghostly phenomena actually is. You know, 
for a long time, it's just been assumed that these are the spirits of people who have passed and they're just, mm-hmm. you know, making themselves known in one fashion or another. But there's now, you know, these other theories that are starting to come in and out, like it's it's time travel or it is um, you know, interdimensional travel. What do you think? Uh, well, you know, it it's kind of hard to say what is it, what is it, what is it not. I mean, is it a ghost? Is it a spirit? Is it is it someone that's you know died and and hasn't decided which way to go? Or is it, is it something that you know, or is it a person that's died and is, it's scared to move on because it's you know didn't have the best life and maybe that's why it's a nasty entity now? But I personally believe they're just manifestations of energy that uh, just replay themselves, and I think under the right conditions. Um, let's just say you're you're in upstate New York and you're in Sleepy Hollow, and you, you know someone was shot in a, a barroom brawl back in 1760, and that unnatural death left that paranormal energy, for lack of a better word, stain on the space timeline. Now this entity hasn't moved on because it it hasn't fulfilled its life, it hasn't done what it wanted to do, and it doesn't know it's dead. So it just keeps replaying the same thing over and over again, and it doesn't do it all the time because it needs to build its energy up. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, And, and sure. I think that's what a lot of them are. I think sometimes that I actually, I, you know, I'm, as, as I said, I'm a, I'm a man of faith. I'm a religious man myself. And, you know, I, I believe in angels and I believe in, in, in things like that. And I think sometimes people see relatives – uh, and I was always taught that if you see the ghost of a relative, it's there to help you. You'll never be harmed by a relative. It's there to protect you. Like if your grandmother shows up and she died in 1985, you know, like, you know, mine, my, my, if I saw a ghost of my grandmother, I wouldn't be scared of it. I would be scared because I want to know why she's there. You know, I find that an interesting idea because I had this conversation with another guest not long ago. If I woke up and saw either of my parents who are both passed standing there, I would Sorry. be frightened. I would be, but I, but I, it's not because they scare me. I mean, I don't know what it is, but it would, in the beginning, I, I think I would get over it and I think I would ultimately be very appreciative I saw them. But well, yeah, initially I mean, but they're, they're I'd, be, I'd be frightened. You, JV. They're never, they're not going to let anything happen to you. And if, that's what I believe. I believe if if my grandmother showed up tonight when I go to bed and I wake up and my grandmother's in the bedroom, my wife's sleeping and the dog's in the bed sleeping, and I wake up and my grandmother says, hey, we need to talk, she's there to help me. There's something that's so so ominously present. Or, or could they that, be there to because they need your help? I mean, that's the other part of it. That's very possible, too. That, and I was about to say, that's very possible. And I was going to say on the consequential side, they might need you. They might need you to fulfill one thing for them. And I think that's what happens. Or there's one piece of the puzzle they need finished before they can move on. Now, I, And I, I firmly believe that, too. I don't think that the uh, the spirit will move on until it's, you know, completed what has to do and i think that consequentially i think that's why we have so many ghosts on like battlefields because they keep coming back because they believe so so desperately in their cause you know the union soldiers were so desperate to keep the union together even in death they wanted it done again you know they wanted to make sure it was done right and the confederacy was so so you know they just wanted to make sure their way of life stayed the way it was and they were just even in death 
they just keep replaying the same thing over and over again. And it just, what happens is the, the energy takes up and it builds up. And I think paranormal energy is derived from human beings. I think our energy is what supplies them. In other words, if you have more people around, then you tend to have more, uh, then you have more paranormal energy. And I also think that certain places like ley lines and things like that, they provide a natural energy outlet. And I, I, I think it takes time and energy to build stuff up. But when it happens, that's when you have that manifestation. That's when you have that interactive personality or the myth, you know. And I think orbs are, you know, I think orbs are just ghosts that don't have enough energy to manifest. I think most orbs so, are I mean, dust, but that's just my opinion. Um, no, I, no, I think I think most of them. But I mean, if you've ever seen like I've seen a few real orbs, and if you get a clear enough picture of them, you'll almost see a cranial structure in the orb. Mm-hmm. Now that can be pareidolia too. But, you know, again, it's paranormal. You never know. And there's no such thing as an expert. So if it, sometimes if it looks like it is, that's what it is. You know, it's, it's Occam's razor. Let's, um, let's address a couple of questions that have flowed through the chat room here over the course of the evening. One of them, and I'm not sure I understand this, but I'm assuming that you may, uh, it relates to uh, biblical teachings. And it talks about Cain. And could cryptid mm-hmm. creatures be uh, a descendant of Cain? Well, um, now here's here's the thing with that. Cain, Cain's a, a weird guy. Um, apparently, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, conjecture on whether or not Cain became first, like the first monster. Um, you know, there's uh, there was an old old movie from the '90s, one of those old real cheap vampire movies. I can't remember what it's called, but they actually depicted that Dracula was actually Cain, hmm. and that's why. You know, he was, you know, the silver and all that, because they all led it back to biblical prophecy. But Cain, uh, his, the descendants of Cain were uh, were thought to have, have been, like, the first, um, I guess what we, we would call cryptids. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. Um, his descendants were, like, you know, almost the Gorgons and things mm-hmm. like that. So, I mean, again, I, I haven't ever said anything. I haven't ever seen anything in the Bible that specifically states that, you know, but okay. the descendants of Cain, uh, they, I think what had happened is I think there was, uh, are you familiar with the Watchers and the Fallen Angels and that, that, that kind of? Yeah, I mean, um, we, yeah, these, I, these are I things I think the descendants felt. of Cain are the ones that had probably had, um, you know, they, they were the uh, daughters of man. And uh, I think that's his descendants, and that's why you have him linked with all the giants and things like that. And the Nephilim, right? And that's, I think that's where that link comes from. Okay. So that that's very possible. I, I mean, I could see that. I've, I've never done any real hardcore research into that. But to me, um, Gary Wayne, uh, Gary Wayne, that guy's brilliant. I've never, I've never uh, spoken with him or met him, but I'd, I'd love to. He wrote a book called The Genesis Six Conspiracy. I don't know if you've ever read it or seen it. No. I mean, it's a excellent book. And he's a biblical author, or a biblical study. Uh, he's, he's a biblical researcher. Excuse me. Guy's brilliant, but. He correlates all this stuff with Bible prophecy and in and, and, and the Bible, and it's, it's I mean, it's right there. I mean, it, it shows you. So, uh, I mean, it, it would not surprise me in the slightest bit if the descendants of Cain's were the daughters of man that commingled with the Watchers. Yeah. Uh, another question that has gone through our chat room here is uh, a question about your opinion and maybe your group's opinion on ceremonial magic like Golden Dawn Crowley. Well, that is a great question. Uh, whew, uh, 
I, you know what? I can't really answer that. Uh, I'm a Freemason. I, I, uh, I, I have no real opinion on that. That's something I, you know, I, uh, I just, I don't know. To be Did honest, you just with say you, you can't answer that because you're a Freemason? I am a Freemason, and, and they pretend to be a, or, or they link themselves to Freemasonry. I see. And I would never, and if, if they are affiliated in the and when is a, a brother Mason, I would never say anything to besmirch their character. So okay. I just, I, I, I have to be honest with you, I just don't know. I think Aleister Crowley was just a, a, I don't know if he was a con man, I don't know if he was just insane, I, I just don't know. Uh, I'm a big fan of Ozzy Osbourne's Mr. Crowley, but uh, other than that, I don't have a whole lot of opinions <laughs> on the man. When you go out on a cryptid investigation, what type of equipment do you bring with you? Um, well, that's a great question. Uh, we bring all kinds of stuff. Um, I am a safety guy. So before we go anywhere, we've got maps, we've got GPS, uh, we've got emergency beacons. Uh, everyone in the group is armed. Uh, we all have our concealed weapons permits. Uh, we all follow the letter of the law. I've even gone as far as to call park rangers and tell them that my group and I are, are coming in and, and we will be armed simply because I don't want anyone to have any surprises. But we bring, uh, I, I always bring, as I said, I bring a Geiger kind of bring a natural M1 meter, um, camera equipment. We bring thermal imaging, uh, compasses, uh, tape measures, uh, just, you know, survival equipment, uh, food, water, uh, and, and pretty much anything you'd need. Because uh, the way we look at things is, is you never know what's going to happen. So you always, you know, it's like the Boy Scout, be prepared. So we always go in with enough of everything to basically be in the woods for two or three days, even if it's just a you know a couple hours. So uh, we don't do the uh, tree knocks. We don't pretend to speak Bigfoot language and sit there and try doing these howls. I don't think there's only one uh, guy I know that can do that properly, and uh, he's been dealing with uh, Bigfoot his entire life, and he's a dear friend of mine. And uh, I don't have permission to use his name, but he's the only one I would go out there with it and, and let someone do, like, a, a vocal calling. Um, but we don't do anything like that. Uh, we just basically, we go out very prepared. Uh, you know, we're, you know, we're not all camoed out. You know, we're, we're not wearing, we're not bringing rifles with us. You know, everyone's usually just got a handgun. Um, but, you know, like just the basics, food, water, camera equipment. Uh, and again, you know, we'll put trail cams out if, if we need to. You know, being a paranormal guy, I always carry some holy water with me, and you know, my crucifix and a few other things. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, there's nothing fancy or, or real interesting we bring. Um, we're probably going to buy a drone this year, but I want to get a smaller drone. And that's just because there's some cave systems in here. We're we're doing a. I have something called the a, a cryptid cave theory system that I'm working on, and I think all the caves are uh, a lot more connected than people realize, and I think some cryptids use subterranean travel uh, throughout the country, and uh, we're, we're going to be doing a little bit of that uh, this year. And I've also done something that a lot of people uh, probably haven't heard of, but I, uh, I used to be a commercial diver, and I, I'm a big scuba diver, and uh, I've gone underwater ghost hunting. Because I'm a firm believer that, uh, say, uh, you know, shipwrecks, things like that, yeah. would 
uh, would probably stay with the vessel. So um, that's that's some of the stuff we do. On, uh, that's just paranormal. So I, I, meant but, to, uh, I meant to ask this earlier when we were talking about Dogman, and I forgot, and I just want to ask before we completely end our conversation here. Are there specific vocalizations that Dogman is noted for? I mean, if you were in the woods and heard a certain sound, could you identify it as Dogman? Um, um, I have heard, and again, you know, JV, I don't know 100% what it was. I've heard like a cross between a uh, a growl and a high pitched. God, it's hard to explain. Um, do you, have you ever had a dog or a puppy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how, like, when the puppy's agitated, it kind of makes that kind of thing. Sure, I've heard that. I've heard that. It's just it's a cross between that and a growl at an unbelievable uh, volume with uh, enough bass behind it to kind of shake your chest. So I, I think that's what a dogman sounds like. I've heard alleged howls of a dogman. Um, there are some. Uh, uh, there's a few guys. Um, I, I'm. I don't know if I can use their name, but uh, it's. Uh, they're uh, based in Tennessee, and they sent me some recordings recently, of uh, what they said was a dog man, and they took these in the LBL, and I trust these guys 100. Uh, percent They they are very very very. Uh, I mean, they're the most straightforward, honest guys you're going to meet because they'll tell you exactly what they found, where they found it, you know, and that that's how they are. And uh, these these recordings are they're pretty scary because mm. you know I I, I I grew up in the woods I, I grew up with dogs uh, I grew up listening to wolves you know uh, um, you know I, I know how they sound and these these sounds sounded like just a massive wolf with a set of lungs on it, like Pavarotti. You know, I mean, the, just... the funny thing is I keep asking you if there's any evil involved here, and you keep saying, no, not incarnate anyway, but yet everything you describe sounds particularly evil. Well, that's because, J.V., we're taught to be scared. We're taught that, you know, a howling wolf is evil. Just because, you know, we're, we're saturated by all this media. You know, werewolves, the full moon and the werewolf thing didn't even come out till the 40s. That was yeah. from the movies. Right. That wasn't really... An issue, you know, that little, you know, when the full moon, blew, you know, when the wolfbane blues and the full moon rises, that, that's, that was from a movie. That was never in folklore. So we're just inundated with all these things that, you know, everything bad happens during the full moon or if you run into a wolf, it's going to be 100% bad. Now, personally, do I want to run into a wolf in the middle of the woods at night? No. Right. <laughs> and, right. You know what I mean? Hell no. You know, NWO, no. But, I mean, I'm not going to be scared of it. I mean, it's it's a natural creature. And, I, again, I... There have been times when I've been in the woods. There's probably I've probably had cryptids five feet from me, and I couldn't I couldn't tell or I didn't know simply because they didn't want me to see them. Not because it's a supernatural event, because they're so well camouflaged. Right, right. So I mean, if these things were evil, you know, um, that dogman encounter I had, it would have jumped off its perch, ripped my car off the road, pulled me through the windshield, and eaten me. Instead, it was more distracted by a, a bumblebee. Right. Because I had less. I was less of a threat than that bumblebee. Now, if anything, that's insulting. To be honest with you. But, I mean. <laughs> what, um, what do you think about uh, the field changing? When I say the field, I mean all of, all of paranormal research and investigation mm-hmm. changing, uh, for the better or worse, with the advent and the introduction of so much paranormal reality television. Man, that is, JV, you're good. That is a good question. No one's ever asked me that, and I'm glad you did, and I'll tell you why. I think 
again, it's a double-edged sword, and here's why. I think there's a lot of good research out there. I think there's a lot of good research out there, researchers out there. I think there's some great investigators out there. And I think they have found great information and great uh, evidence. However, they don't have enough to do more than one season. And I think what happens is in that situation, things tend to get what I like to call fictionalized. And that is where the great mistake happens. Because if you're not 100% honest with what you're doing and what you're finding, then you have no credibility. You start faking evidence, making stuff up. And I think that's what happens. You can't have a paranormal show. Unless there's a different way they're doing things. You can't have a paranormal show on for X amount of years and something happens, you know, what, how many shows are you? I, I, you're in the media. But how many shows you usually film in a year for a TV show? Uh, on any given series, you mean? Yeah, no, like any given series. Yeah, yeah. how many so would you it, film I mean, in, a, in a season? It, it, it ranges from 10 to 24, uh, depending on how hot the right. show is at the time. All right, let's just say you're doing 24. Let's just say it's a hit show. You can't tell me they've got 24 separate pieces of evidence every year that's good enough to, for TV. It, it doesn't happen that way. It just, it just doesn't. Well, and I know, I know, I know specifically with ghost hunters, which I was involved yeah. with, uh, you know, there were episodes where we didn't have any real evidence. Of course, you know, you've got some things yeah. that happened during the course of the investigation, but it turns out to not be any kind of evidence. It just, have, you know, can be explained. Uh, so, well, the, yeah. you know, so not say, every the original ghost hunters, Grant and uh, the the other guy, Ames wasn't that there, or or what was the name of? Oh God, the name of what, what? was the name of that team? Based in they were based in Boston. You talking about Taps? Taps, thank yeah, you, Taps. Sure, Taps. Taps to me that was a good show because they they would say, okay, we got nothing here, we got nothing. Right. The problem is, is they don't do that anymore. There's always something, and and that's just that's just my take on it. Like if there was a go, if there was, a, and I and I know they have to do it for ratings. It's like. There was another TV show, and this is, JV, this is embarrassing to admit, but I love it because it makes me laugh every time I see it. They've got uh, some gentlemen in my neck of the woods. Uh, I believe you heard me use the term broody earls the other day. Uh, They would fall into that category for me. And they go out looking for cryptids. (laughs) If you were to see these gentlemen in real life, you would probably run and hide, and one in particular is probably – he's. He seems like a nice guy, but he has not ever taken care of himself. And the fact that they say he's out there walking around in the woods in the middle of the night, I just don't think it's physically possible for him to do it. But they always find something, and in the end, they always come up with nothing. But it's a popular show, and everyone likes it, and it's a guilty pleasure for me. I think the same thing happens in the paranormal world. I think they they hype up anything they act like they're finding stuff all the time, and and realistically find nothing. I mean, you were involved with Galsunner. You you did you ever find uh, proof positive in your mind? No, you know that was one of the frustrations okay. that you know. Uh, I mean, there had nev- never been so much effort to find a, a, um, a definitive answer, and yet, you know, the best we could come up with was 
possible answers. Not you know nothing that we could just point to and say for with one hundred percent. But you still found something though. But uh, yeah. don't be discouraged from that, my friend, because no, that's I'm a not. I'm not. I wasn't. You did it honestly. Yeah, I wasn't that's indicating. That's the difference. Yeah. You were honest. When you have something, you see the point I'm trying to make here. Without just calling people out, you have people on TV that there's always something. Right. Twenty four times a year. Right. Six years in a row, mm-hmm. they've got something every time, or yep. there's some place that's cursed, or they need to go do this, and they got to do that, or, you know, or, or there's some, you know, they're on some new quest or something like that. And here's the problem: when you look at the credits, and you see a section that says writers, to me, that tells me yeah, that what, oh, exactly. Once <laughs> you see writers, that's a dead giveaway. <laughs> that's for exactly. sure. That's for sure. So I mean, and, and that's placating on people's natural curiosity, and I just don't think that's cool. Especially when you're you're portraying yourself as a real show. So I, I'm yeah, I mean I you know and I've been uh, on uh, uh, you know I I've I've done filming on a uh, real show that uh, uh, it hasn't aired yet um, and it was either, anyway it was it was done uh, it was done on the Broad Mountain Lights and our, our mutual friend was on it sure. that's, that's pretty much how I got on there. Yeah. And uh, I'm talking about the great and powerful Joshua P. Warren, of, of course. course. But, yeah. um, you know, we, this was just one of those days where everything had lined up and it was awesome. We found evidence. We got infrasound. We got growled at. We found footprints, tree breaks that were still bleeding. We found tree glyphs, everything. We had panic among the crew because they were scared. All right. I saw a copy of what they played in England and in Europe. And they didn't place any of that in there. None of it was in there. And for the life of me, I don't know why. Because there was actually stuff that was just unbelievable. I mean, I got growled at. I was under the bushes looking for something. I got growled at. I mean, I was on all fours looking under a hill, down a hill under some bushes, and I got growled at. And my mic picked that up. Mm. I mean, we had stuff getting thrown at us. I mean, we got paced out. All this is on film, and they didn't show any of it. It's weird. Uh, so then you have something like that happen, which just to this day blows my mind. Because, I mean, they, they literally could, I mean, the producer even told me, the director told me, he goes, we, we could do a whole show just on this alone. I mean, I was supposed to be filming for, I think, you know, 45 minutes, and we were in there for six or seven hours. So, I mean, you know, and then stuff like that happened. So I, I think a lot of it depends on what the producers and what the the advertisers want to. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, it always you know, comes and, down. And to you would know better than I would. I mean, you've done a lot more of that than I have. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm small potatoes. You know, you got some of these guys out there with these massive crews and these whole things, and you know, you figured they'd be able to have the uh, the technology, and 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 that's the other great thing about TV is you you have the ability to have the technology. You know, they'll they'll provide provide you with you know the infrared cameras, the thermal imaging, all right. that stuff. You know. Guys like me, we have to go out and buy it or make it. Yeah, it helps when you've got a budget, when you've got a production yeah. budget a little bit anyway. Hey, uh, listen, Christian, we're out of time here. Uh, but thanks again for such another great night of conversation here. Okay. What are you Thank up you. to next? What do you, what do you've got? Have you got anything going on you want to let people know about? Or Actually, you know what? I, this is something I've been working on for a while. I'm, I'm, I'm writing a book, but uh, it's not going to be a book on just like Bigfoot and stuff, paranormal. It's, it's basically uh, it's called Tales of a Cryptid Guy, and it's, it's just different points in my life when I was doing cryptid investigations and some of the stuff that was happening in life. And it's, it's just I, I've had to 
it's not going to be 100% uh, what you would call, uh, I don't want to call it historical fiction or anything like that, but I haven't been able to use some of the names and things. So I've had to change a few things around. So I'm not going to portray it as, you know, 100% true. But it's it's just, it's like probably 97% true, and there's that 3% where I had to change things. But I've been working on that for a little bit. And, uh, you know, I've got six chapters in the book with that written. Uh, other than that, uh, we're we're working on the cryptid cave theory system, and uh, uh, we've got uh, something else we've been working on. We've been trying to get uh, done for the last two years now. Is uh, there is a, a small town that got flooded in the '40s, um, and and one of the reasons why they say was to build a dam. Yeah. But uh, there was cryptid uh, reports of cryptids coming out of the caves in this town. This town is now 400 feet underwater. Hmm. So we, we've been checking into that, and, uh, you know, I'm, I've been wanting to dive that for a while. It's just we haven't had uh, the ability to get that done. So uh, hopefully uh, we'll have something done like that on the summer. But uh, if not, you know, we'll, we'll definitely find something else to do. We've got plenty of reports. In fact, I'm, I'm looking at the reports on my desk. I, I think I've got a, a half-inch binder just full that we haven't had time to get things, you know, done with. And that's just on the cryptid side. Uh, Tiny's been handled on the paranormal side. And like I said, we've got those two places that uh, we've been jonesing to get into. But uh, with the COVID-19, we haven't been able to. But if I find anything cool, I will definitely let you know, my friends. Yeah, please do. Uh, we've got you know, on, on our short list for sure uh, to get you back on. And, you know, we have Anytime. another. We, we anything. Have... You, if you hey, listen, man, JV, if anyone calls, they can't make it. I feel please. I don't care if it's two in the you, you call me. Perfect. That's the least I can do. You you have been nothing but a gentleman, and I appreciate it. Your show is awesome. I am honored to have been on it, and uh, I, I just thank you so much. Well, thank you so very much. Well, thank you for those words, and thank you for your time. Uh, Christian, I'm going to have to let you go because we've got to move on here, uh, end the show here, but thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon. Promise. Definitely. Thank you. Take care. This was part two of a two-part discussion with Christian McLeod. Be sure to listen to part A earlier in the week, right here on Beyond Reality. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.